BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms, 21 plus only. Virginia only, new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Anne Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Only in theaters this Friday. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes film.com to get tickets now. Smart journalism, fascinating topics, words that describe CNN's podcast, The Assignment with Audie Cornish. We are revisiting the public school culture wars. What have we learned from the kids who fought against book bans? We really started the club to get students reading these books. Students have an opinion in this fight, too. How has the war over books sparked a backlash to the so-called parents' rights movement? It's not okay what they're doing and they're being watched. Listen to The Assignment with Audie Cornish, streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We are live in the Tyrac.com studios. Jason Martin, Arnie Spanier, my buddy Aaron Torres taking the weekend off. He's like, I'm just taking some time off. It's like, All of right, course, man. of course. You're just doing it, it the week yeah. of the Super Bowl. Of course you are. <laughs> Tyrac.com, we will help you get there. An unmatched selection, fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, over 10,000 recommended installers. Tyrac.com, the way tire buying should be. Before we even get into whatever that was we just watched on television on TNT, um, and we're going to talk some football as well. We've got to give shout-outs to Orlando and Jacksonville. Absolutely. Newest Fox Sports Radio affiliates. Welcome, folks. Jacksonville, 9.30 a.m., the new Fox Sports Radio there in Jacksonville. And, of course, Fox Sports Radio Orlando, 97.9 FM, 8.10 a.m. Again, Jacksonville, 9.30 a.m., and Orlando, 97.9 FM, and 8.10 a.m. Want to give... All the love to the VP of Programming, Rick Everett, of both those stations, Program Director Kyle Cassandra. Nice. Glad to be there. Doesn't mean we're going to say great things about the Jacksonville Jaguars no, or the I'm Orlando sure, Magic. I'm sure they're Dolphin fans. I'm, I'm sure everybody's oh, a yeah, Dolphin that, fan in Florida. Yeah, that that uh, is certainly not true. But <laughs> we're glad to have you on board. It's going to be a fun 2024 and to get you just as the the football season ends but now we can get you all set through the draft we can get you set through the combine free agency and of course all the other sports which we'll be talking about as well so again welcome orlando welcome jacksonville glad to have you on board we're going to have a blast even when arnie is hosting it's going to be worth listening yes to. yeah because i'm a diehard dolphin fan so i'm sure a lot of people are gonna hate me but that's okay i love jacksonville i love orlando so now you have every we got the whole state blanketed so that's gonna be awesome indeed all right so 
We are going to talk a little bit of football, but we're going to talk plenty of other things uh, throughout the course of this program, Arnie. But we just saw the dunk contest. Yeah. Were you watching or no? I was watching, actually. Okay. It was, I was kicking back, getting ready for the show, had it yeah. on, was watching the whole thing, and I enjoyed it. But go ahead. All right. Well, I mean, a dunk contest, it wasn't a very good dunk contest. I, I think Mac McClung is fun to watch. But every dunk seemed the same. It was, let's bring somebody out or a right. couple people and let's jump over them. Uh, except for Jalen Brown once, who just kind of put on a Michael Jackson left glove. He's trying. He's trying. Yeah, that was creative because he's not left-handed. Is what is what we find out. But I, I want to do this. Like I, I understand like the fan vote always, like it, it, the Pro Bowl vote or whatever like that. It, if the fans are voting on, it, it's going to go to the biggest stars. But when you've got like actual peers, you've got legends like Dominique Wilkins judging this thing gary payton's out there and they are shading the lower star the guy in the g league in favor of the name guy jalen brown who wasn't i mean it's not like his dunks were bad already but there was nothing that was uh, let's just say it wasn't blowing up the spot like I, no. I wasn't seeing glass breaking in front of me or anything like it was historic and they were giving him every benefit of the doubt and i was just kind of like this is the kind of thing you expect from like uh, just a basic basketball fan who has never seen some of these people before, but he recognizes Jalen Brown, who plays for the Celtics, so he gives him the win. That's not supposed to happen with judging in a dunk contest. Like This no. has got to be some of just the most baffling, weird judging I've ever seen. And the dunk contest itself was not very good either, so this whole thing was a mess. Well, I was pulled for McClung. He won, so he yeah, got a second straight, so I was I was happy about that. Um, yeah, nothing thrilling about Jalen Brown's dunk. That's why McClung won, because he jumped over, what, Shaq, and I don't think it had anything to do with the props or the jersey change by Jalen Brown. Look, I enjoyed it. I mean, what do you want? It's, it's, it's more of a comedy than anything else. you got to be generous on the scoring. Otherwise, none of these stars are going to want to be in the uh, slam dunk contest. It's tough enough to get these guys to compete. Can you imagine if you said to Jalen Brown, no, 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 that that just sucked. We're going to give you, a, uh, instead of like a 48 or 49, uh, we're going to give you like a 32 or something like that. No, I'm not saying that. And I'm not even saying the dunk wasn't a 46 or some of right. the dunks that he did weren't a 46. What I'm saying is when you shade Mac McClung from the Osceola Magic, but then the guy from the Boston Celtics does what I think is pretty much an objectively worse dunk and gets a higher score yeah, but than the won. other guy. Yeah. That's where yeah. that's where my issue lies. It's yeah. not like I thought Jalen Brown was bad, but none of that looked – I mean, none of that was – and that's the biggest problem, I think, overall with the dunk contest. I'm not even going to finish that thought because I just think we've kind of seen about all that can be done. Right. At this point. Everything now is iterative off of something else that's already been done. And that's why I'm impressed with McClung, because at least he's going to go over somebody and he's going to alley-oop it to himself by just dropping the ball in the air and then grabbing it again and reverse dunking it. Like, that's that's unique. That's original. But almost every dunk was just somebody jumping over somebody else. And it's just... There was a time when this thing had a purpose. Now it really is just, all right, we watch it. I think now the pastime is just dogging on it after the fact right. just about I every year. But it does it does feel very – it feels tired and it feels 
It's like pro bowlers at this point. But no, I, guess I, I understand fine. what you're saying, right? I, I, and I don't know what they're going to do next. At this point, maybe they'll have the mascots come out and use like the little trampoline and see how, how they can dunk different ways. I mean, that's the only way you could get uh, any higher or more rotation on it. There's only so many things you could do. And I know people are like, can we stop dunking over people? That, yeah. that That's played out. Uh, what else do you want them to do? I, you want to be dropped from the ceiling or something? What do you risk your neck or, or something? Yeah. I mean, there's only so many ways you could dunk the ball so it it is getting uh, overplayed though there's no doubt about that yeah i mean i just think that i mean vince carter still that's the that's the best dunk contest performance i've ever seen i, I will never forget it are we just being old school like vince carter dominique wilkins no go back and, and actually watch the dunks he was right, doing his right. first dunk which was the 360 is one of the prettiest dunks i've ever seen in my life because of the power and just how smooth it went through the net the way it bounced off the floor, it felt like it was going to hit the ceiling. Yeah, but is like he jumping over people? Who Can cares? he jump over people? Come Who on, cares? Now. That's the whole point. Steve Francis, in that same dunk contest, I think tried to jump over Catino Mobley. Or, or Mobley was throwing him the pass. I think at one point Francis definitely did jump over somebody. And it was just like, okay, man. Like, there's no... There was nothing to it. That's not the most impressive thing. I mean, Blake Griffin jumped over a car, and I thought that was one of the most overrated dunks I've ever really? seen in my life. Really? I remember that. I thought that was good. You like the Michael Jordan takeoff from the foul line, right, and and slam it. You like that honestly, type of thing. I mean, yeah, that's great. But, I mean, honestly, I just like to see – I mean, if you can do a solid 360 and it actually looks like a work of art, like you've got your arm completely outstretched, you don't have it all bent and contorted, it just looks graceful and powerful – and that's what Carter did. I mean, yeah, Carter went through his legs on that third dunk, and he put his elbow through the rim on the fourth dunk, and we've seen people now do that 10, 15 years later. They're still doing it. But there's just something about the way, the artistry of it, – it, it's not like the most impossible thing you've ever seen, but at the same time, you never see anybody else do it. Has anybody ever palmed, one? you know, obviously one ball each hand or different hands and tried to slam two times? Yeah, they have, yeah. I think Aaron Gordon did that, as a matter of fact. Okay. It may have been Aaron Gordon. but And look, we've had, in the last 10 years, I mean, you had Zach Levine, who was objectively really great dunker. Right, right. You had Aaron Gordon, objectively a great dunker. One of the best dunk contests, certainly since the Carter, had to have been the one that was Aaron Gordon and Zach Levine that I think was robbery that Gordon should have won. Uh, that I, I felt like the judges scored that one incorrectly. But as, as great as Levine was, it was fine. I mean, they weren't going to be a loser either way. They were both excellent. But... I mean, this thing's just, we're going to forget about this by Monday, except for the <laughs> fact that Mac McClung has now won two in a, two in a right, row. Right, right, right. And only five people have done that, including him. And that's a, that's a good list to be on. I mean, he's not going to be known for anything basketball-wise outside of that, but that's something. Like, there, if it wasn't for that... Uh, we is he like a golfer? Is. is he like a golfer that's all drive and no putt, no short game? Is that is that what you're kind of comparing it to, or what? Uh, I I don't even know what to compare it to because it's just <laughs> it's just I mean it's a sideshow, right? I mean it's not something you're going to see in a game, right? It's right. just kind of it, it's so it's something completely different than a game of basketball itself. But at the it same reminds time, me of one of those YouTubers that you see doing yeah, those, of course. you know, doing pickup games and trick shots and surprising people how good they are and stuff like that. Like, like the professor reminds me of that. I, I had to admit this. I was in for Bernie Ferrato, uh last night into this morning, and I had to admit to the audience. I was like, you know what? This is this is sort of embarrassing, but maybe it just shows 
that it didn't it just didn't register for me. I didn't realize it was All Star Weekend until last night. Oh, real get out! I really didn't. I, I I didn't. It's not that I hadn't been paying attention to anything that was happening in the NBA. Right, right. I just lost track of the calendar. Right, right. All of a sudden, right. I look up. Well, it's mid February. This is exactly when it should be. But my mind was so focused on the NFL, on the Super Bowl, I can see on college that, yeah. football, and and the changes and the coaching carousel and all this. I just lost track of the fact that it like. I look up and the Rising Stars game is on last night, and the Celebrity game is on last night, Arnie, and it just kind of, it just hit me at once. Oh wait, this is happening this weekend. Okay, gotcha. I was seeing advertising. I thought they were setting it up for a couple of weeks down the road, but no, no, indeed it is this weekend. I don't know that I was alone in that, but I felt like Kyle Shanahan and talking about overtime rules. Like, yeah, I just you know, didn't know. And they're going to be out for a long time, too. They get like seven days off or, or total or something to that effect. So, um, no, I can see why you missed it. We were all wrapped up into the NFL. This this is no longer a must-see event. Um, you know, if you have it on, that's fine. Um, I can see people missing it. It's going to be, you know, Sunday night. And, um, and what, like 8.30 Eastern, people got stuff to do. People are running around. People getting back from the weekend. So uh, I, I can see people kind of, you know, missing out and forgetting that it's on. It's like I said, it's no longer must watch. I, I am happy they went back to the old school East versus West, but I don't think that's yeah. going to change anybody's viewing habit. Like, oh, I, I've got to watch it now. It's it's back to East versus West. I don't think that that's going to do anything. Yeah, I mean, I don't either. I think if you're going to watch it, you're going to watch it regardless of what the rules are. Um, and most most sports fans are going to tune in and out of it. Like, it's not. I, I don't know. There was a time when I watched the entire game start to finish. I don't think so anymore. Now, I will watch more of it this year than I have the last few because I'm going to be in on President's Day with Brian No in the morning right. for Two Pros and a Cup of Joe. So the expectation is probably going to be something to talk about coming out of that game. So I'll be paying closer attention since I'm going to, you know, I don't know if I'd call it analyze it, but at least discuss it with, with B. No on Monday morning. But I don't think most people – sit around and watch it the way maybe we did. And it's not because the star power is not there. It just doesn't feel like it matters. I mean, the Pro Bowl is the same way. I know the Pro Bowl does great ratings every year. I haven't watched it in I don't know how long. So they say. Yeah, so so they say it does great ratings every year. But Well, ahead. I mean, it does better than other stuff. But it's still, I mean, if you're going to relate it to other football broadcasts, certainly I think that you can no, kind of right. snow people over with the numbers that you're putting out there. But, I mean, how, mu- how much of the All-Star game, the NBA All-Star game now, do you generally watch? Well, I mean, obviously I watch up as it leads up into my show. Oh, so yeah, that's right. Around You're actually on air. Yeah, so, so I'm you sitting got around. The same, the same excuse I Right, do. right. So I'm sitting here waiting to get on the air. I got the game on. I'm listening to the radio. So I'm obviously I'm watching it. If it was a Saturday night and I had something to do and I was going out, I'd probably go out and not even think twice about it, watch all the highlights and, and see what it's about. Like I said, it's no longer must-see TV. It just, you know, see back in the day, you know, you, you had more stars, more Hall of Famers, I guess, is what I wanted to say. And, and you really wanted to watch it you you don't have the same hall of famers no doubt about that yeah i mean there's a lot of talent and i love i love the nba i do and especially when you watch that rising stars and you realize how many really really solid young players are in this league like it's in good hands when it comes to the talent in the future but i think that now for me it's i'm going to tune into the fourth quarter 
just on a year-to-year basis because it gets competitive and guys have pride and that's fun to watch. And then outside of that, I'm just tuned in and out between, I don't know, some movie that's on, yeah. some college <laughs> basketball game that might be on, or something else that I'm doing at the time. Like, it's not something I'm going to sit down from tip to finish. Usually right. I'll watch the fourth quarter and I'll watch TNT's post game because it's always entertaining. Even though the all-star stuff gets annoying to me just because I don't care about the celebrity factor. The celebrity factor gets on my nerves after a while. And it's usually the same cavalcade of the same stars over and over again. It's like, oh, yeah, there's Kevin Hart again. <laughs> I think I can let that one go tonight. Like, I, I it's it's all right. But just the – I enjoy the TNT broadcasts, the TNT postgame more than I right. do the games 85% of the time. So I, I, I DVR that every week even if I can't watch the Thursday night games. But – that's the NBA All-Star Game. Mac McClung goes back-to-back. You heard Steve DeSager say it off the top of uh, our program here. Uh, we'll hear more from Steve here in about 15 minutes or so. We'll get his first update of the evening. Looking forward to chatting with him when we come back. Football is over, right? We usually have an opening here in this show that says Fox Football Saturday, Aaron Torres, Jason Martin. Now it's Fox Sports Saturday, and Aaron Torres is not here. Arnie Spanier is, but... We are going to talk about some other sports, but we need to kind of put a bow on the NFL season and discuss a few things coming out of the Super Bowl. So we'll talk about the big game and then a couple of things that we're intrigued by today as the offseason begins and just kind of where our brain is as it relates to the National Football League. But we start with what we saw on Sunday and what it means going forward. That's next. It is Spanier and Martin here. Aaron Torres is out. Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Two NBA insiders podcasting twice a week to plug you right into the NBA grapevine. All happening in only one place. This League Uncut, the new NBA podcast with me, Chris Haynes. And me, Mark Stein. Join us as we team up to expound on everything we're covering, hearing, and chasing. Listen to This League Uncut with Chris Haynes and Mark Stein on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infinity QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. 
BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Welcome back in, Tyrac.com Studios, Fox Sports Saturday. I'm Jason Martin, Arnie Spanier with me. He's at Stinking Genius One. I'm at JMR Radio on the X. I actually went and kind of crowdsourced a little bit, just kind of went through a search engine, and I went to see how people thought about the commentary yeah. tonight. Um, because I was kind of like, man, this is sort of obnoxious. <laughs> the way this is being done, it's a little, a little obnoxious. Apparently, I wasn't alone. And I usually like those guys a lot, but they were kind of bickering, going back and forth, and it was sort of odd, and it was mildly distracting. Or not even mildly, it was pretty distracting. And a lot of people were just, yeah, they need to shake up the commentary team along with the dunk contest. Wow, so see, I didn't hear Yeah, I had the sound down. Tonight. Yeah, I was just watching the dunk, so I didn't hear the bickering or anything like that going on. Well, I mean, Kenny Smith was really upset, and I agree with him because, I mean, my point in the first segment, Arnie, was just that Mac McClung deserved better than he was getting from the judges, in my opinion. Right. And it was, it felt like to me, it was because it's Jalen Brown, he's going to get the benefit of the doubt of the doubt when McClung is not. And I didn't think anything was wrong with Jalen Brown's dunks. I just didn't think they were anything particularly special. Well, Kenny Smith was irate about McClung's first dunk not getting near a fifty. Because he did that sort of self alley oop, but it was his second dunk. And so the question was well, are they penalizing him because he didn't hit it the first time around? And they argued about that back and forth. And Kenny, three or four dunks later, was still talking about it. Oh, like geez, he was still Kenny. saying, I can't let Give it go. It a and rest. Reggie's like, let it go. We got to move yeah. on. And Kenny's like, some I can't fun let with it this. go. Come on, man. Have yeah. some fun with this for crying out loud. Yeah. I mean, it was, Jeez. I don't know if that was compelling or not, but it was annoying. Like, it was, it was irritating. Again, I'm a fan of Kenny Smith. I always have been. But I've, I've, I've heard much. better from him. Let's yeah. just say that. All right. So. So we're going to talk about football. Let's talk about football. Super Bowl. Before I even ask any kind of like direct questions that it, that have specifics, Arnie, tell me your thoughts coming out of that game. What are you thinking immediately about what you just saw? Um, well, first of all, obviously, uh, more credit to Mahomes. What he did was phenomenal. I still don't put him in the Tom Brady same error or same, you know, page there so everybody's like well he's better than Tom Brady right now so I don't I don't put him in that same category yet we'll see what he does in the next what three to four years and how many Super Bowls he gets out there I feel though after the game was over it was more for like I I felt more like the 49ers let it slip away than Kansas City winning it maybe that's the wrong attitude to have but I felt like San Francisco should have won the game could have won the game 
Um, but they didn't, you know, and and I I just felt that they let this one just kind of go through their fingers, and and they made some poor decisions, especially in the overtime, and and next thing you know, Kansas City wins it. So I I don't know if that's the right, right attitude, but I I was more like San Francisco lost it than Kansas City winning it, and that, I really shouldn't have that attitude. Well, I, what Mahomes did was really special, but to your point, I think all of us watching felt like San Francisco should have had a bigger lead at the end of the first half. Of course. Because absolutely. they completely outplayed the Chiefs by my estimation, or at least by my observation, in the first half of that game, but they didn't have much to show for it on the scoreboard. Right. And if you do that against Mahomes, you're just cruising for a bruising uh, when they make their adjustments and when he you know, turns it into that extra gear late in games because he's just clutching those spots and he's used to making things happen in those moments. How much blame? Or where does where is your blame pie? If well, you're looking I'm, at the 49ers, where where are you placing blame? If you well, this is what to I kind of separated. Plank and I are on the air. We're doing the show. Right? Obviously, yeah. we're doing the game, and it's at halftime. And Plank's like, "What does Kansas City have to do in the second half? You know, and what, what, what's what's the offense got to be like?" And I said, "I got to tell you, um, I'm surprised Mahomes hasn't taken off. And you know, for those big 10, 15, mm. 20 yarders." If I'm him, I'm taking off, and I'm taking off a lot. And sure enough, and even Plank's like, oh, i got to give you credit for this one. Um, he had about, what, four or five runs. Mm-hmm. And what San Francisco didn't do is after the first one, you're like, okay, he's changing it up. we got to put a spy on him. Can't let him do that. And he did it like four or five more times. And each one in a bigger and bigger moment. So they couldn't stop that. That was another big part of the offense when Mahomes starts using his legs now you're in big trouble now you got the defense on its heels then he started getting rid of the ball quick so you couldn't blitz him now you can't blitz him you don't have a spy now you're completely disheveled now you don't know what the hell to do and what's coming next and that's when Kansas City started to get things rolling there at that point Jason what do you make of Nick Bosa after the game saying yeah. we were not prepared for Mahomes to run on back-to-back plays. Yeah, I think and that's bogus to say. both of them. I think that's bogus to say, well, we could have been more prepared. I mean, you're not going to be prepared for every play. Let's stop it. There are professionals on the other side, are they not? I mean, right. you think you're just going to go ahead and figure out everything every time? It's like playing poker with the best. Are you going to win every hand? You're not even going to win every hand when you play with the worst out there. So, you know, I thought that was a bogus attitude, bogus thing to say, and throwing your coaches under the bus. And you could have been more prepared. What could you have done more? Study more film? I mean, man, you're coming through 16 games, the playoffs, stop it. I mean, eventually, you, you can't have all in the film room and all in the coaches. you got to make some plays on the field. And maybe he just put it wrong, and maybe really what he should have said. Maybe, yeah. Maybe he should have just said, look, we weren't expecting him to run back-to-back. And so we got caught off guard on that second one. Like, he, he, he made us look foolish, because that's indeed what it looked like. Now... There was questions as to whether or not Bosa particularly was held on the second play, but there's holds all over the field anyway. The other thing I I look at is, if you're talking about the blame game here, since that's the way you framed it in terms of 49ers losing it, if we want to take it from that perspective, what do you think about the disappearance when it comes to using Christian McCaffrey in the third quarter? When you had Brock Purdy throw 11 passes and McCaffrey right. touched the ball one time right. to open the second half. It seems to me 
that if you're trying to beat somebody like Patrick Mahomes, the best way to beat him is keep him on the sidelines. And so you either have to com- you have to continue moving the chains by throwing complete passes or you run the football and let the clock continue to drown, shorten the game a little bit. You ended up giving the Chiefs six or seven possessions in the second half of that game. I, th- I want to say it was five in the first half. You just I think you lengthened the game and gave Kansas City more of a chance to find a rhythm. I know that McCaffrey didn't have stellar numbers in the first half, right? But I just feel like you keep handing him the ball. Eventually, he's going to break one. Like oh, eventually, yeah. he's going to break one open. He's going to do something. Get him off on some screens. Get him in the flats. I didn't. I didn't understand the offensive strategy in the third quarter for San Francisco because I felt like they lost the momentum at a moment when they could have seized it. Oh, you've heard this before. Dance with who brought you. And now I'm dancing with McCaffrey. I mean, this is the reason you traded for him was for this moment, the second half in the Super Bowl. And then you what? You go away from him? No, that's that's not what you do. I've given him the ball. Now it might not be every time. Right. Maybe I got to swing it out of the backfield. I got to come up with different ways to to get him the ball. That's fine, but not on the first one. Would you say thirteen plays to go to him once? That's 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 where you. Started losing all the momentum there. I remember third quarter, they barely had any yards. It was slipping all away then. And um, no, you can't do that. You can't go away from McCaffrey when you got that far at that point with him. More on Mahomes here in a bit, but let's go to our MVP, Steve DeSager. Let's talk to him for the first time tonight, find yes. out what's happening in the world of sports. Steve, good evening. He's, he's like my personal catcher. I oh, made him work no. today because I'm because I'm working. That's why. Hello, gentlemen. We do have, and this is the most amazing thing, not only Arnie on the air, but Arizona is killing somebody at the same time. He's the kiss of death, usually, for his Wildcats. But on FS1 and College Hoops, fifth-ranked Arizona with about three and a half minutes to go, leads rival Arizona State 92-57. to We're definitely going to the Final Four. That, I mean, we should win it yeah, all. You We're guys are definitely. awesome in the tournament. We're definitely... <laughs> Well, I don't like that attitude at all. I don't like that at all. And where is the final four this year, Arnie Spanier? Phoenix, Arizona. Arizona. I mean, the boys correct. already making uh, the plans to meet there for the uh, final four and go watch is Arizona. Keg going to so. be able to get free and make Keg's, it out there. Keg, Keg lives in Phoenix, so that's why we're going <laughs> okay. there. How about that? Yeah. So he might be able to walk there. Yeah, exactly. If he's we're able to walk. Roll. Yeah. The NBA's on All Star break. The All Star game is Sunday in Indianapolis. All Star Saturday night concluded with the slam dunk. Contest won again by Mac McClung, the defending champ from the G League, playing for the Osceola Magic. You know, uh, by the way, it's been over 20 years since we had the same two guys win their categories All Star Saturday Night back to back years because we had Damian Lillard, the defending champ, win the three point contest again. In 2003, Peja Stojakovic, back to back three point champ, and that same night, Jason Richardson was back to back slam dunk champ. The winners, Lillard and McClung, tonight. And in between those two contests, the Steph versus Sabrina three-point challenge. Steph Curry, the winner, 29 points to 26 over WNBA star Sabrina Ionescu, who used the WNBA basketball, which is slightly smaller than the one used in the NBA. They did both shoot from the NBA three-point line in Indy. Skills challenge to start the night went to Team Pacers. Patrick Cantley leads the golf event in L.A. by two strokes. He was up by five 
after the second round. The Daytona 500 is scheduled for tomorrow on Fox TV, but rain is expected there all day on Sunday. Today's Xfinity Series opener was postponed to Monday morning. An impressive college hoops game that no doubt the normal co-host of this show would be on air. Mm. Oh, I'm sick of them. Celebrating. Stop it. Number one ranked and looking every bit like it, Connecticut, destroying number four Marquette, 81 to 53. Wait till they play Arizona. <laughs> yeah, that's what everyone says, right? Tuesday yep. night on FS1, Connecticut at Creighton, 17th ranked Creighton, was down a point at half, but still won 79 57 at Butler today on Fox TV. Also on Fox, 14th ranked Illinois, a winner at Maryland, 85 80, as Illinois. Illinois in a close game on free throws went 32 for 36. By the way, former Maryland head coach Lefty Drizel passed away at the age of 92. LSU came back to win at number 11 South Carolina. Kentucky with an impressive win at number 13 Auburn. Oklahoma State upset number 19 BYU. Iowa with a late layup in overtime edge number 20 Wisconsin. Southern Illinois beat number 23 Indiana State 74-69. This week was the first week Indiana State hoops had has been ranked since they had Larry Bird, and it's going to last one week. Number 21, <laughs> Virginia beat Wake Forest 49-47, and we had an outdoor NHL game in New Jersey tonight. Devils defeated Philadelphia 6-3 among the games indoors still going. Jets tied 2-2 at Vancouver late second period, and in Vegas, the Golden Knights are tied 1-1 with Carolina early second. Back to you. Appreciate it, Steve. So, Arnie, to that point about the stadium series today, yeah. the Rocky outfits apparently didn't work for the Philadelphia Flyers. Did you like that? I loved I sent that over to you. I thought yeah. that was fantastic. I, I liked that one. That was too Doing funny, Doing the Rocky man. hoodies. Yeah. It's like, good good for them. Um, I just feel like you do that, you should probably win. <laughs> uh, although Rocky didn't win all of his fights. No, he didn't. It was a struggle early. You know that. That's true. Uh, we are live. Tyrac.com studios. So, back to the Super Bowl for a bit. Yeah. I, I've, I've been thinking all, all this week about Mahomes and how to talk about Mahomes because we know what we were going to hear coming out of that game. And you already made the point about Tom Brady and not putting him in that in that category just yet. No. But I would say this. I don't think there is anybody that he is competing with that is active in the league. Like, I, I don't think that there is a quarterback at this point that is his contemporary because he keeps beating them all. Like, Josh Allen, I get it, but Josh Allen's lost every big game to him. Joe Burrow got him one time, but Joe Burrow, to me, I think we need to start worrying about his injuries long term because he's missed a lot of time in his career, as good as he's been. You look at Anybody else you want to name? Lamar, that took a step back big time. Oh, absolutely. Huge in the yeah. AFC title game. Like, that was his moment, and it felt like Torres said it this way. I agree with him. It looked like the Ravens panicked when they saw the Chiefs, and they got away from doing what got them there. They just abandoned the Ravens' offense we had seen, and credit Spagnolo and his defense for some of this as well. But the Raven, like you mentioned it earlier, the cliche, you dance with who brung you. You dance yep. with what brung you. Well, they didn't. They abandoned it, and they got beaten. But at this point, you got to push Lamar to the side a bit, at least in a comparison with Mahomes. He's beaten them all. He beat Hurts last year. He's beaten Dak Prescott. He's beaten everybody that you want to mention. He's beaten Trevor Lawrence. Like At this stage, to me, he really is competing with 
history. Right. Now, you can say what you said about Brady, and I don't necessarily think you're wrong. Time will tell on that. But there's nobody that's active in the league right now that you can say with a straight face deserves to be mentioned in the well, same breath with Patrick Mahomes at this point. You, no, you're 100% right on that. He's second to none with all the active quarterbacks in the NFL, 100% on that. But we really even shouldn't compare him to Brady. Before you get to Brady, don't you have to get to Joe Montana? Before you get to Joe Montana, don't you have to get to Terry Bradshaw, right? I mean, maybe he's right around there now, but a little bit below, because Terry won, what, five Super Bowls? Or? Yeah, I mean, Montana, I think he tied, right? Because Montana won three, and now he's won three, is that right? Or am Monta- I forgetting something? Who, uh, Montana? Montana won three, right? Right. So yeah. so he's uh, there already. He's there already, but you know, so there's a national uh, natural progression um, to get up there, so I, I don't know if he's right at Terry Bradshaw yet. So, obviously, he's got a couple more to get there. And then you start talking about Tom Brady, but obviously he's a better quarterback than Bradshaw was. I mean, Bradshaw had Hall of Famers on his team. This is his second year in a row. He's winning it without Tyreek Hill, which is so impressive, which is crazy. Yeah, and, you know, I I had heard, of course, and you knew you were going to hear this, the Jordan-LeBron comparison with Brady and Mahomes. I don't think it works completely. Right, But I do think there is part of it that I like in terms of one thing that LeBron James had that was just, it was almost otherworldly. Like it didn't make any sense based on how physically he played and how physically he was played, like how he was defended. And this isn't true now because he's gotten older, but LeBron James was just stupid healthy for over a decade. Like he didn't miss much time. He didn't have that, like, critical injury that changed how he played. He didn't have, like, the Penny Hardaway moment or the Grant Hill moment or just somebody that perennially kept getting hurt, like a Chris Paul or somebody like that. He was out there all the time. He played all the time. Mahomes has been hurt, but Mahomes hasn't missed much time either. Those two guys, and you talk about the chase for LeBron. LeBron, I I don't think that we ever saw him being – Michael Jordan most of us didn't at least now if you were younger didn't get to watch Jordan play maybe you could look at it from that perspective I do think we're watching Mahomes more like we watch Tiger Woods chase Jack Nicholas right like right. Jack was the greatest but we were watching Tiger do things that we knew Jack couldn't even do in terms of his length in terms of just the the power with which he approached golf and all that I think that's the same thing with Mahomes and Tom Brady. Tom Brady can easily be your Jack Nicholas. Right. But I think Patrick Mahomes is slowly but surely becoming our Tiger Woods. Well, because he's more athletic. He does a lot more on the field than Tom Brady does because he, he's able to use his legs. I don't remember how many times that Brady was running and using his legs earlier in his career, but it's certainly obviously not as much as Mahomes does out there. You're right. Do you consider Tom Brady, though, um, injury because of that one year where he was eliminated? He, uh, you know, didn't, the he Matt got, Castle didn't get year? Yeah, the Matt Castle year because other than that the guy was pretty you know perfectly healthy yeah i mean that's definitely true and so was jordan i'm not saying that i'm just saying that one of the things that tends to be true about these all-time greats right. is they do avoid that yes. big injury and they yeah. play a whole lot right. Um, right and they're available in at times when other guys are not we'll come back out of this break i want to talk about a couple of teams that we're interested in going into next year and a couple teams maybe we're just kind of like, all right, yeah, 
no moss. Like, never again am I going to get sucked into that world uh-huh. and buy into that. We'll do that on the other side. It is Arnie Spander. I'm Jason Martin here on Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Welcome back in. Hope wherever you are, you're doing well. Thrilled to have you in the audience. We're in the TireRack.com studios, and by we, I mean Arnie Spanier and Jason Martin. He's Arnie, I'm Jason. Aaron Torres, usually with me on Saturday evenings. Aaron's off. And Aaron, before I was with him every week, was with Arnie. So here we go. Um, All right, Arnie. So to put a little bit of a bow on at least where we are right now in the NFL. Yeah. And we may talk Purdy and a couple of other things later. But give me a couple teams. I I had more time last night, so I devoted a lengthy segment to a couple of lists. I did a top five teams that have me interested right now going into next year, knowing that things are going to change between now and the start of the season, whether it's injuries, free agency, draft, whatever. Give me a couple teams that have your interest and give me a couple teams where you're just like, nope, I'm done. Well, I've I mean, done, obviously, I've burned a few times. The, the Chicago Bears right off the bat. I mean, I want to know what's going to go on with Justin Fields, where he's going to go. Obviously, they'll take the number one pick and get Caleb Williams. So I'm curious to see how they're going to be this year with Caleb Williams. What's the growing pains? Uh, is he going to be the superstar that everybody thinks he's going to be? I mean, if, if the if the Bears were on uh, Monday Night Football from the start, uh, I want to see what this guy's going to do. He's the big name coming in. So I'm I'm curious as hell to see what this guy's going to do. I'm also curious about the Raiders and what kind of moves they're going to make and who's going to be their quarterback. And they got a new coach. And, um, you know, obviously, can they 
uh, continue or grow on some of the wins at the end of last year. So I, I want to see what the Raiders are going to do to it. Obviously, the Chargers uh, with Harbaugh. I mean, that's that's going to be a media circus, Jason. I, I mean, my goodness, you're going to want to hear every soundbite, every cut, um, you know, every practice. The, 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 the media is going to be out there. So, obviously, you got to put them on that list also. You, you want to keep up on the Chargers and what they're going to do. Yeah, Chargers were I, – I, the way I did my list is just whatever came to mind first, I put down first. And even though I wasn't trying to rank them, it felt like if it was front of mind and I didn't have to think about it, then it probably was the top of the list. And the Chargers were the second team that I wrote down when I did yeah. this exercise. Right. The first team I wrote down was the Texans. And it's because C.J. Stroud just finished that rookie year the way he did. Yeah, but they're and not going to make Ryan's any big moves. Great year. And yeah, they, have not, si- yeah. they have $61 million to spend right now. They have some guys they need to resign, but they also have some guys they can probably move on right. from. Um, it's a division that puts them in a good spot, even though you've got a Trevor Lawrence, you've got Richardson coming back off the injury, Levis in year two with a new coach, all that. But the Texans, to me... It, you just have to see because things change from year to year in this league. The Texans feel to me like the Lions felt prior to the hype, right? And then you come into the next season and there's hype. And then, well, what are the Lions going to do with hype? Well, they did pretty well. Uh, obviously, they didn't get to a Super Bowl, but they came awfully close. They got in their own way, and it cost them a chance to actually get to the Super Bowl. But the Texans could certainly go that direction. and But they could also go in the direction of a team that had a great year and then it comes back and it's not the same. Because you've always heard the old adage of, um, you know, wait until they get tape on them. But the problem here is, if you're trying to get tape on C.J. Stroud, all the tape reveals is that he's really accurate. Right. And he's got a lightning quick release. And he throws a perfect football. Like spiral that you just, it's gorgeous in the air. That to me is why, like, you look at the AFC and you look at teams that I don't believe in championship windows. We've talked about this many times. But when you look at the Texans, that's a young team that's still got a quarterback on a rookie contract that actually has time to do something and right. money to do it with. Well, what big name do you think they're going to add? I mean, like I said, they I, have I no quarterback. Know. Some of the other teams uh, you know, are certainly going to make some big moves out there. Now, maybe they'll go out and get themselves a running back, but I like Singletary. I like Pierce. Um, you know, They don't have to spend a lot of money with those guys also. Obviously, they could do something maybe at the receiving core, but they've got good receivers or decent receivers, so maybe they make a move there, but all their money's probably going to be spent on defense. Yeah, well, I don't think that they have to go out and make some gigantic right, move. Right, right. I think that's the point. I think that you just get better in certain spots. You just keep tweaking it here and there. I don't know that you need the big splash. Um, you're going to get some guys back off injury, but you also made some stars. You don't necessarily have to go out and buy your stars, well, or at least all of them. Yeah, well, once the season starts, obviously I'll keep my eye on that. But you were saying, like, in the off season, though, what moves, what teams you're going to be keeping your eye on for the draft and stuff like that? Chicago's got to be top on oh, that yeah. list. I can't wait to, to see how this is all going to play out. Yeah, there's more, and maybe we'll do some more uh, in the next hour. Um, I also want to talk about the open hour, two. We're going to talk about Caitlin Clark. Um, and what happened with her breaking the record and how we don't need to cheapen it by taking it way further than it needs to be. We need to keep it in perspective, ladies and gentlemen, and we will explain exactly what that means. We are live here in the TireRack.com studios. Aaron Torres, of course, is out. Arnie Spanier here with me. Uh, We'll be back. Hour two of the program is next here on Fox Sports Radio.
Welcome back in. Hope wherever you are, you're doing well. Thrilled to have you in the audience. We're in the TireRack.com studios, and by we, I mean Arnie Spanier and Jason Martin. He's Arnie. I'm Jason. Aaron Torres, usually with me on Saturday evenings. Aaron's off. And Aaron, before I was with him every week, was with Arnie. So here we go. Um, all right, Arnie. So to put a little bit of a bow on at least where we are right now in the NFL. Yeah. And I, we may talk Purdy and a couple of other things later, but. Give me a couple teams. I, I had more time last night, so I devoted a lengthy segment to a couple of lists. I did a top five teams that have me interested right now going into next year, knowing that things are going to change between now and the start of the season, whether it's injuries, free agency, draft, whatever. Give me a couple teams that have your interest, and give me a couple teams where you're just like, nope, I'm done. Well, I mean, obviously, I've burned a few times. The, the Chicago Bears right off the bat. I mean, I want to know what's going to go on with Justin Fields, where he's going to go. Obviously, they'll take the number one pick and get Caleb Williams. So I'm curious to see how they're going to be this year with Caleb Williams. What's the growing pains? Uh, is he going to be the superstar that everybody thinks he's going to be? I mean, if, if the if the Bears were on uh, Monday Night Football from the start, uh, I want to see what this guy's going to do. He's the big name coming in. So I'm I'm curious as hell to see what this guy's going to do. I'm also curious about the Raiders and what kind of moves they're going to make and who's going to be their quarterback, and they got a new coach. And, um, you know, obviously, can they uh, continue or grow on some of the wins at the end of the last year? So I, I want to see what the Raiders are going to do, too, and obviously the Chargers uh, with Harbaugh. I mean, that's that's going to be a media circus, Jason. I, I mean, my goodness, you're going to want to hear every soundbite, every cut, um, you know, every practice. The the, the, the media is going to be out there. So, obviously, you got to put them on that list also. You you want to keep up on the Chargers and what they're going to do. Yeah, Chargers were I, – I, the way I did my list is just whatever came to mind first, I put down first. And even though I wasn't trying to rank them, it felt like if it was front of mind and I didn't have to think about it, then it probably was at the top of the list. And the Chargers were the second team that I wrote down when I did yeah. this exercise. Right. The first team I wrote down was the Texans. And it's because C.J. Stroud just finished that rookie year the way he did. Yeah, but they're not going to make Ryan's any big moves. Year. And yeah, they, have not, si- yeah. they have $61 million to spend right now. They have some guys they need to resign, but they also have some guys they can probably move on right. from. Um, it's a division that puts them in a good spot, even though you've got a Trevor Lawrence, you've got Richardson coming back off the injury, Levis in year two with a new coach, all that. But the Texans, to me... It, you just have to see because things change from year to year in this league. The Texans feel to me like the Lions felt prior to the hype, right? And then you come into the next season and there's hype. And then, well, what are the Lions going to do with hype? Well, they did pretty well. Uh, obviously, they didn't get to a Super Bowl, but they came awfully close. They got in their own way, and it cost them a chance to actually get to the Super Bowl. But the Texans could certainly go that direction. and But they could also go in the direction of a team that had a great year and then it comes back and it's not the same. Because you've always heard the old adage of, um, you know, wait until they get tape on them. But the problem here is, if you're trying to get tape on C.J. Stroud, all the tape reveals is that he's really accurate, right? and he's got a lightning-quick release, and he throws a perfect football, like spiral that you just, it's gorgeous in the air. That, to me, is why, like, you look at the AFC and you look at teams that, 
I don't believe in championship windows. We talked about this many times. But when you look at the Texans, that's a young team that's still got a quarterback on a rookie contract that actually has time to do something and right. money to do it with. Well, what big name do you think they're going to add? I mean, like I said, they I, have a quarterback. Know. Some of the other teams, uh, you know, are certainly going to make some big moves out there. Now, maybe they'll go out and get themselves a running back, but I like Singletary. I like Pierce. Um, you know, they don't have to spend a lot of money with those guys also. Obviously, they could do something maybe at the receiving core, but they've got good receivers or decent receivers, so maybe they make a move there, but all their money's probably going to be spent on defense. Yeah, well, I don't think that they have to go out and make some gigantic right, move. Right, right. I, I think that's the point. I think that you just get better in certain spots. You just keep tweaking it here and there. I don't know that you need the big splash. Um, you're going to get some guys back off injury, but you also made some stars. You don't necessarily have to go out and buy your stars, well, at least all of them. Yeah, well, once the season starts, obviously I'll keep my eye on that. But you were saying, like, in the off season, though, what moves, what teams are you going to be keeping your eye on for the draft and stuff like that? Chicago's got to be top on oh, that yeah. list. I can't wait to, to see how this is all going to play out. Yeah, there's more, and maybe we'll do some more uh, in the next hour. Um, I also want to talk about, to open hour two, we're going to talk about Caitlin Clark. Um, and what happened with her breaking the record and how we don't need to cheapen it by taking it way further than it needs to be. We need to keep it in perspective, ladies and gentlemen, and we will explain exactly what that means. We are live here in the TireRack.com studios. Aaron Torres, of course, is out. Arnie Spanier here with me. Uh, We'll be back. Hour two of the program is next here on Fox Sports Radio. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms, 21 plus only. Virginia only, new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Iraq.com Studios. I'm Jason Martin. He's Arnie Spanier. He's at Stinking Genius One on X. You can find me at JMR Radio if you'd like. 
Brock Purdy, Arnie. Yeah. Loser of the Super Bowl at quarterback for the 49ers. Always Lots talk. at stake. Was a lot yeah. at stake for him in that game, more than just the Super Bowl. Yeah, there was. And again, he's always going to have to prove it more because of where he was drafted. That's always going to be the talk. Anytime he has a bad game, it's, well, this is why he was Mr. Irrelevant. Um, the benefit of the doubt is usually not going to go to him. It's just not. That's just the way it works. I don't think it's fair. And I think that many times he's been he's been unfairly criticized because of that in a way that he wouldn't have if he had been drafted in the third round, for instance. But he had, what, 4,200 yards, I think, in the regular season throwing the right. football. His record's outstanding. Three-to-one um, ratio, touchdowns, yes. interceptions. Yes. Uh, I think he's averaging, I think during this season, I don't have it directly in front of me, but he, it was like the five-game sample size. He didn't throw for much. They kind of protected him more. But I think he averaged 260 yards or so a game this past year so that upped his career average to like 225 or somewhere in that neighborhood passer ratings fine he has turned it over but it hasn't been horrendous or anything like that so looking at that and he was in the mvp discussion deep into the season very deep into the season yes so what do we know now about Brock Purdy, Arnie? When I say Brock Purdy, what do you say? What do you what do, what, what do I know now about Brock Purdy? He was fighting for the big contract when his contract's up, saying, hey, look what I've done. I've won a Super Bowl. Now, I don't want to diminish what he's done. He took a team to the Super Bowl, so he still deserves that big contract. And that's who Brock Purdy is. He's a quarterback. He's a franchise quarterback. A quarterback that you want to lock up. A quarterback that you want there to be for the next 10 to 15 years, and that's who San Francisco's quarterback should be moving forward. The big quarterback whisper in, in Shanahan, he got lucky. He got lucky. Um, he was looking at Trey Lance for crying out loud. Screwed that up, Mr. Quarterback Whisperer. Screwed it up big time. You just got saved by Mr. Irrelevant, who turned into Brock Purdy and had a really good year. So when his contract's up, you give him the money. You're not going to give him a Holmes money or anything like that. But I would say he deserves money right up there with like a Dak Prescott. Certainly he's done a lot more than a Dak Prescott does. So we'll see what his agent asks for. But he certainly deserves to be the franchise quarterback for the 49ers. So you mentioned Trey Lance. I hadn't really thought about asking you this question or talking about this at all. But what do you think? what do you think happens in San Francisco if that original rumor had been true and they had drafted Mac Jones instead of Trey Lance? Um, I think they would have found out quickly also that Mac Jones wouldn't have been the answer. Okay, and so maybe, you don't really blame the Patriots situation for Mac Jones. You just think Mac Jones didn't have much. I th- Look, I, I don't want to pretend like I knew he was going to be a bust or anything like that. I thought that you know it was worth a draft pick for the Patriots at the time, so I don't want to be a hypocrite on that. But, yes, I think they would have realized that Mac Jones uh, doesn't have a, a lot in the tank and a lot to offer, and it was pretty uh, relevant when, when you watched the New England Patriots. I mean, he did some good things, but they were not even close to a playoff team with him, him at quarterback. So I find the discourse surrounding Brock Purdy frustrating because I feel like it's, it's either really, really overplayed or really, really condescending um it's one extreme or the other it's it's way high or it's way low i don't know i think what you said right yeah i don't think it's either one i think it's he's fine 
I, I, he's a franchise quarterback, though. You got to give him the contract. You got to lock him up. No way you're going to let him walk away. Um, when when the quarterback depends on, on what trees. money he's asking for, Arnie. There there is there are definitely circumstances where I would let him walk away. He's not going to ask for more money. Uh, to where the point is that San Francisco is going to let him walk away. It's just not going to get to that. So um, you'd probably rather have more than Justin Fields at this point. How many guys could you put in that spot that are currently playing in the NFL that would have succeeded to a similar degree as Brock Purdy, just in your estimation? Mm, Jimmy Garoppolo. Oh, wait a minute. No, that's a bad no. one. That's, no, no, that's a bad one. I mean, there's one, definitely yeah. some guys that wouldn't. I'm not suggesting all of them. Trey I'm Lance? just wondering, no, I'm just wondering no, how, no. Many, how many quarterbacks in this league do you think could thrive with that well, offense this, and with that talent Fra- around him? Does San Francisco get to the Super Bowl with Dak Prescott? I don't know. I think that's a good question. That's the I think answer. That's a no. fair let me question help, to ask. Let me help you on that one. The answer is no. Okay, the answer is no. With Do that talent to, around him, do they get to the uh, Super Bowl with with uh, with Tua? That's. A, I mean, that's another good one. I'm not saying. <laughs> like I said, I'm not saying that this is an all or nothing. I, I'm right, literally right. just asking you for your opinion. Like, right, 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 right. No, I, I mean, understand what you're saying. I don't think they get there. What would Dak Prescott uh, yeah. be with Kyle Shanahan as his coach instead of what he's got? Well, I don't buy into that whole quarterback whisperer when you went ahead and traded a million picks to get Trey Lance. Well, and then he's certainly you had to get not infallible, but he right, has well, been able to yeah. win games with guys that seemingly no one else was going to be able hey, to win with. If if I'm a mathematician, you better believe I'm not going to fail any test for crying out loud. And he failed that Trey Lance test. I, I got to question the whole quarterback whisperer thing out there. Um, I don't know. Maybe they go to the Super Bowl with Tua. I would say that. I well, could say that's guy. a possibility. I'm a Miami guy, but you know, um, I like the way Tua played last year. I think he had a good year. I don't. Also. Here's here's what I would say about Brock Purdy, and I've defended him a lot this year. He definitely showed some flaws in the playoffs, pretty consistently. Where, if you want to question how high his ceiling is, I'm willing to talk about that. But I'm not going to listen to the argument that he's in the basement somewhere. Like that's. That's not fair, I agree and it's there. not good Absolutely, analysis yeah. in any way. Um, there are definitely throws that he missed. There's some accuracy issues. Sometimes he throws some really ugly-looking passes. Not that it matters as long as they're finding receivers. So does Mahomes, too. Yeah, so does Mahomes. Yeah, I mean, everybody could be accused Josh of, Allen. of these things. Yeah. I just think that when you say franchise quarterback – I want to believe that franchise quarterback should also mean irreplaceable. Right. And I don't think that's true about Brock Purdy. Well, let me ask you this. Josh Allen. I think I he's mean, a star. How about this? I think there's a difference between calling somebody a franchise quarterback right. and calling them a solid starting quarterback. Mm, well, I would go with, I would say he's a solid, decently solid starting quarterback. I don't know if I go so far as to say he's clearly a franchise would, quarterback. Would San Francisco have made the Super Bowl with Josh Allen? Yes. Who would you rather have, Josh Allen or Brock Purdy? Josh Allen. Because of all the close. success that he's had? Uh, it's, I'm not basing it on wins and losses. I'm not basing it on because wins and losses are a horrible way to evaluate quarterbacks. Well, would, would Lamar Jackson have gotten San Francisco to yes. the Super He could get Baltimore to the Super Bowl. Yeah, that's true. But do you think <laughs> Brock Purdy's the one that got San Francisco to the Super Bowl by himself? Well, now we're not going to give him credit for it, yes. I'm not you saying don't give him any credit for right, it. Well, I'm I, saying, I mean, me... you just gave me two really extreme examples. Right. You said Brock well, Purdy or Josh Allen I gotta, or Brock I Purdy make... or Lamar Jackson. I don't even have to think about those. Would you rather have the, uh, Brock Purdy or Deshaun Watson? 
Uh, I'll take Brock Purdy in that just because I, will too. I, I think I think Deshaun Watson may be done. Like I think that that what we saw in Houston's not coming back. I, but I don't I think would, that I, – I think you just went from two really high extremes to a Deshaun Watson that's very much at this point a question mark at well, best. What about like a Brock Purdy or a Trevor Lawrence? I'm still going to take Trevor, but I do think his ceiling Whoa. is lower than we thought. Uh, I'm not so sure. I think it's about even right now. Hmm. That's fair. Well, yeah. I, I'm not done with this topic because that's a that's a fun way that you just phrased it. So we'll do that. Let's go to the Sager right. first. Apparently, he's not going to give us the final score of USC in Colorado because watching it still on my screen right now. Yes. But let's see what else still he's on. got for us, Steve. Pac- there we go. Pack twelve after dark. <laughs> Hit the on button. The put on the sandwich button. down, Steve. See where it says on. O N. Okay. Hit the on button. Stop throwing our coworkers under the uh, bus here. No, I was talking Let's to you, Desager. Yeah, well, the, an- you. the anchor doesn't have their own controls, but thank you. The NBA's on All Star break, and by the way, I did enjoy your discussion of Caitlin Clark. And why can't we just enjoy greatness and how yeah. entertaining it is? Can we yeah. just do that? No. Like, do we really we have uh, to try to compare it? to something that's not going to happen instead of just appreciating yes. it for what it is. Although, Ann Myers, I must say, is a Hall of Famer. Springfield, Massachusetts. I will bring yep. up the Hall of Fame in about 10 minutes, by the way. She's been okay. in the Hall for about 30 years, was the women's basketball TV analyst in this country for at least that's 20 true. years, including for the Olympics. And then she became WNBA general manager for years in Phoenix. But when FIBA International Basketball started their own Hall of Fame, the first three Americans in the inaugural class were Bill Russell. Russell, Dean Smith, and Ann Myers. Okay. She was on the first ever U.S. women's Olympic basketball mm-hmm. team. Before 1976, the Montreal Games, there was no women's basketball in the Olympics. The first U.S. team had Nancy Lieberman, Ann Myers, Pat Summit was a player and a co-captain mm-hmm. on that team. I believe the Soviets won and the U.S. took the silver, but yeah, she's kind of legendary in women's basketball. Well, I was born in 78, so... So you've never heard of Babe Ruth? Never heard of Sandy yeah. Fairfax? <laughs> Seriously. Well played, well played. Well played, Steve. You could take his microphone and shut it back off at any point you want. (laughs) All-Star Saturday night complete in Indianapolis. The All-Star game is there on Sunday night. Three-point contest winner again Damian Lillard of the Bucks. He was defending champ. Steph versus Sabrina three-point challenge. Went to Steph Curry 29 points to 26 over the WNBA's Sabrina Ionescu. And then defending champ of the slam dunk contest from the G League Magic. Mac McClung was the winner. Uh, Winner and a perfect 50 for him to finish out that competition. Competition. The Daytona 500 is scheduled for tomorrow on Fox TV, but rain is expected there all day on Sunday. Today's Xfinity Series opener was postponed to Monday morning. And yeah, that late college hoops game, Colorado is leading in the second overtime with 12 seconds left, 92-89 at USC. Bronny James with two points off the bench, by the way, for the Trojans. Oh, there you go. But he's sure, a first-round pick. He's going straight to the There NBA. you go. Lakers better wrap him up now. <laughs> college hoops number one team. Looked it today on Fox TV. Connecticut bounced number four Marquette 81 53. UConn's 28 point margin of victory, the largest in an AP top five conference matchup in the history of the poll. They'll get what's coming to them soon. As soon as they face Arizona, I assume. 
Fair. Yeah, got a real wildcat. Fifth-ranked Arizona did win at home against rival Arizona State, 105-60 to tonight. Uh, Top 10 victories for Houston and North Carolina, for Tennessee, Duke, and Iowa State, which is ranked 10th. Number 6, Kansas, was down 6 early second half at Oklahoma, but still beat the Sooners 67-57. to LSU came back to win at number 11, South Carolina. Kentucky with an impressive win at number 13, Auburn. On a late overtime layup, Iowa edged number 20, Wisconsin. And at the NHL outdoor game, New Jersey beat Philadelphia 6-3. to Overtime wins tonight for Edmonton and L.A. Back to you. And we did just get that final now. Colorado wins. Beats USC. USC basketball is 10-16. and Yeah, that's not Embarrassing. Great. That is not Even great. with a first-round draft pick like, like Bronny James. <laughs> How could that be? Don't yeah. understand. <laughs> just because just because your father is famous doesn't necessarily mean didn't all Kareem Jr. play at Valparaiso? I mean, yes, he did. So what yes, was Michael did. Jordan's son that played at Illinois? Oh yeah, I can't yeah. His well, name. of course, Walton had four sons. Oh, yeah, well, Luke Walton right. was a good player. No, but yeah, the Luke others all got player. into college basketball. One, I think, was riding the LSU bench, right? Mm-hmm. One got to San Diego State, I believe. But, yeah, it, it happens. It doesn't mean that they have to be automatically. I mean, like, he's a college basketball player. Again, same thing with the Caitlin Clark argument. Hey, it's good. He's, he's playing college basketball. I don't know that he's an NBA player, folks. Right. He's, he's healthy. He's able to play college basketball. How about yes. that angle of this Absolutely game? right. Yeah. And we should be thankful for that because Absolutely. of the health scare and everything else. We'll talk to to uh, DeSager here in a couple minutes. What you got tonight? You you mentioned Hall of Fame, so I imagine you're going to talk about the basketball Hall of Fame. Anything else there? I think he I think his microphone was shut off. I appreciate that anyway. So <laughs> welcome back in. We are live in the Tyrac.com studios. Thanks to Steve, we'll have his extended update to end the second hour on the other side of this break. All right, keep it going, Arnie. Keep this whole Brock Purdy thing going in terms of naming quarterbacks that are current starters in the league and ask me if I'd rather have them or Brock Purdy. Because I've defended Brock Purdy a lot this year, and now you're putting me in a position where I'm having to kind of slight him because you mentioned Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson, and I'm just like, I mean, do I really have to answer this question? Well, I mean... Do you uh, think there's 5% of football fans that would take Brock Purdy over either one of those guys? Over over which Over Josh Allen... Or over Lamar Jackson, I think there's a lot that would take him over Josh Allen. Really? I think they're, I think people are fed up with Josh Allen. Matter of fact, I think there's people actually in Buffalo that would say, "Geez, if we only had Brock Purdy." I mean, you have to understand he had some really good stats this year. I mean, he put up some really, really good numbers. Uh, there's there's not too many quarterbacks you'd rather have. You could probably name about three or four. Oh, you can't be serious. Other than what Jalen Hurts, I can name fifteen. Jalen Hurts, right? Uh, yeah, I'd probably yeah. Jalen Hurts. I mean, Jalen Hurts showed some flaws this year, but I think a lot of that is Sirianni and not him, uh, and and just the the coordinators not working out and some other things that were going on. Maybe there. I still Burrow. Burrow. Uh, not maybe for right. sure. Burrow, as long as he's healthy. Right. Um, Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert would be one too. So there'd be three right there. Okay. I mean, we can keep going. I mean, we can no, go you as can't. Long Maybe as you Lamar like, Jackson, you know. and there's four. Lamar Jackson, and that's so you're not going to put Josh Allen there for sure. 
I put him there, so that's four. I'm taking Jordan Love over him every day. No, no, whoa, 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 pump the brakes there. Pump the brakes, my friend. Uh, Jordan Love was not an MVP candidate for most of the year. Jordan Love had a good year, and he was a pretty good quarterback. But it wasn't like Brock they... Purdy is better at quarterback than Jordan Love is at quarterback? Yeah, I do, I do. And plus, really? remember now, uh, Brock Purdy, I think, had a, a harder schedule. Remember, it wasn't like that that uh, division that Green Bay's in is a, you know, a world beater now, especially when Minnesota fell apart with injuries to their quarterback and Justin Jefferson went down. Um, I mean, when the Lions are the best team there, uh, you know that it's really not a, a great division, especially when the Bears faltered. So, you know, get, 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 pump the brakes there on Jordan Love. I still would rather have Jared uh, Brock Goff. Purdy. I'd rather have Brock Purdy, yes, I'll for take sure. Goff. Um, Matthew not Stafford. D- no, I'm still going to go with Brock Purdy. We're talking about the age here situation, and Stafford's at the end of his well, career. Well, yeah, but we're He's talking about right dumb. now. Stafford's yeah. still got a couple of years. Stafford nah, was good nah, through most of this year. Maybe. Maybe he's got a couple of years. Maybe he doesn't. I'm not so sure about that. I know Brock Purdy's got way more years than that. I'm going to take Purdy over Daniel Jones. Oh, absolutely. That's not even sure. a, You should be fired for even suggesting other than that. Kyler Murray at this point. Purdy has obviously done a lot more. Right, of course. So you can have that argument. I'm taking C.J. Stroud over Brock Purdy. Okay, there you go. There's the fifth. That would be the fifth one that I would have on there. Other than that, that's going to wrap it up uh, with any other quarterbacks that I'm going to take over. uh, Oh, stop it. Stop stop it. it. Please, come on. Justin Fields? I like Justin Fields, but I'm not going to take him over Brock Purdy. But I do love... Justin Fields, and if I'm some teams like the Giants or whoever, and I know they gave um, you know Daniel Jones that long-term contract, but uh, I would figure out how to get Justin Fields. That that's who I and I know Baker that's, Mayfield. He, he's okay. He's above average. I mean, I'm just naming some other guys that 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 started at quarterback this year. There's some again. Rather have Brock Purdy than Baker Mayfield. No I still offense. feel like he's about middle of the road in the NFL, Arnie. Who Brock Purdy? Yes. I don't know. You could be middle of the road when you're MVP candidate with about two weeks left in the regular season. You got your team to the Super Bowl, and a lot of people didn't believe in you, and you had to fight for your job every stinking week for crying out loud. I don't disagree with that last point at all. I don't think that needs to be a thing that needs to continue to happen. I just think he's a solid player. I don't necessarily call him a franchise player. Our franchise player, Steve DeSager, will have his extended update on the other side. This is Spanner and Martin here on Fox Sports Radio. Live from the Tyrac.com studios, along with Arnie Spanier, I'm Jason Martin. Here on Fox Sports Radio, Fox Sports Saturday. Finishing up hour number two in this slot every Saturday night always means the same thing. It means we get to chat with our friend Steve DeSager and find out all the knowledge that he is here to drop on us. Steve, take it away. And I'm glad you brought up the training camp incident with Ann Myers actually trying out for an NBA team because let's bring this back to Caitlin Clark. First off, I mentioned Ann Myers is a legend in women's basketball, four-time All-American at UCLA, and she was the first to have a full-ride athletic scholarship to a U.S. university. 
Women's basketball existed before the NCAA ever sponsored women's basketball starting in the 1980s. But here you had this legend who got an invite to actually signing with the Indiana Pacers and got cut in training camp. So let's not go crazy on Caitlin Clark and the NBA. again. Did just, she play? Did she play in the games, in the preseason games? I do not remember her in, in preseason games, no. Okay. But at camp, she was there at, what, five foot nine, Something like that? So uh, Caitlin Clark is listed at 6 feet 155. Luka Doncic is 6'7", 230. So let's just not go to that conversation. (laughs) And Caitlin Clark, the record she broke is just the NCAA career scoring mark. Mm -hmm. Women's basketball existed before that. Lynette Woodard, who played not only in the Olympics for the U.S., but with the Globetrotters. I was going to say, she played on the men's team. Absolutely. There you go, big boy. Wait wait a a second. She played... With the I, Trotters. I'm not, gonna, I'm not entertaining the Globetrotters. With the Globetrotters, yep, yeah, there you go. Yeah. She, yeah. she entertained with the Globetrotters. Yeah, she was that, on the roster. It. She toured with the Globetrotters. Correct. How about that? Uh, but she even came out with a statement the night, a couple of nights ago when the NCAA record was broke, because she still has the women's basketball collegiate scoring record. She said... Very proud of my record, and congratulations to Caitlin. Back then, women's players in college used a larger basketball than now. We did not have the three-point line, etc. But uh, as far as we get to the Hall of Fame now, the other item for this weekend, All-Star Weekend, is not just went on tonight or the All-Star Exhibition tomorrow night. We found out yesterday the Basketball Hall of Fame finalists will get the actual class of 2024 at the Final Four, April the 6th. Enshrinement will be in mid-August. But Jerry West is up for the Hall of Fame. I'll get to that explanation in just a yeah, few I minutes. Don't understand. Yeah, in a different <laughs> In a different capacity, yeah. exactly. But Chauncey Billups is up for the Hall of Fame. Finals MVP 20 years ago with the Pistons. 15 points a game in his career. What I remember most is his great free-throwing, nearly 90% from the stripe for his career. And that means that in a Pistons game, and they had some very good teams, the ball would just be in Billups' hand at the end, and you couldn't catch up because he would hit the free throws when you would foul him on purpose. Vince Carter was a first-time eligible. He's a finalist for the Hall of Fame. As a starter in the league, he was 21 points a game. Michael Cooper from the Showtime Lakers is still up for the Hall again this year. He had a 12-year career, eight times on an all-defensive team. And yeah, Walt- it's going to be defense that gets him in. He doesn't have enough offensive numbers. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And he was a three-point shooter and a good one then, but they just didn't hoist Not threes good enough. back yeah, then exactly, like yeah. they do now. Walter Davis is up for the Hall. Still Ooh, the Suns, all-time leading him. scorer. His number is retired. Coach Bo Ryan from Wisconsin is up for the Hall of Fame. He was a collegiate coach in the state of Wisconsin for over 30 years. From LSU Women's Hoops, Simone Augustus, three straight Final Fours, and a long WNBA career. She's up for the Hall. Dick Barnett, who played for the Knicks and Knicks. others. Michelle Timms from Australia's women's basketball team. And Jerry West and Doug Collins are up as contributors. So for Collins, it would be the broadcasting as well as the coaching, not just playing and being on the Olympic team in 72. Jerry West is long ago enshrined as a player, one of the legends of the NBA. He got into the hall in 1980. But of course, he might be the best general manager you and I have ever seen, drafting Magic Johnson and James Worthy. The draft day trade for Kobe Bryant the same summer he signed Shaquille O'Neal and drafted Derek Fisher, and then he went to Golden State and won a couple of titles and was GM of Memphis as well. Jerry West up as a contributor. The actual All-Star game is Sunday night in Indianapolis. It will be East against West as it used to be, and traditional scoring tomorrow. 
Yeah, well, uh, defense will not be played. Um, <laughs> For sure the there. Fourth quarter, see how many actual fouls are called. I, yeah, exactly. We'll see how, I figure there will be less fouls than there are self-alley-oops off the glass in that one. Third hour of the program, we'll reset some of the big stuff, the dunk contest and everything that happened on Saturday. A little bit more NFL to chat with as well here on Fox Sports Radio. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms, 21 plus only. Virginia only, new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Welcome back. Or if you're just getting here, welcome. We are live in the TireRack.com studios. I'm Jason Martin. He's Arnie Spanier. TireRack.com. We will help you get there. An unmatched selection, fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Also should tell you at the end of your first year, Discover credit cards automatically double all the cash back you've earned that's right everything you've earned is doubled seriously see terms and check it out for yourself at discover.com slash match well looks like most everything is in the books it is live sports that are happening right we now. just got the nba all-star game tomorrow so let's get it going you know like i said when we started off the show jason the nba all-star game used to be much ctv and i think the difference is is there was more hall of famers more recognizable names better players took it more seriously they played a little defense they're going back to the east west but uh, it used to be you know must watch tv appointment television it's no longer that at all you'll be lucky if you even have it on as your doing errands or um since it's at night you'll probably be getting ready for sleep or something yeah some people will i mean i like i said i'll watch the fourth quarter but tomorrow i'll watch more than usual because i'll be on monday just like you'll right, watch more right. because you're on sunday night right um if i didn't have like a responsibility the next day 
Yeah, I'd probably just tune in, tune out, and then come back for the finish. Oh, you'd be on 60 minutes. You'd be 60 minutes to start the Sunday night off, you know? Uh, yeah, I mean, there'll be something else. Speaking of 60 minutes, all right, yeah. so here's an interesting topic. This is not something I, I – we were going to get to this. I don't know if we'd lead an hour with it, but because you mentioned 60 minutes, I don't want to lose this. CBS, okay? Since 60 minutes is an institution on that network. Let's talk of about course. Tony Romo for a second. Sure. So Tony Romo is just getting lambasted for not being very good at his job anymore. Right. And in the Super Bowl, there was a lot of criticism coming out of that. There was a piece at Awful announcing about CBS needing to replace him right now. And there's Greg Olson sitting there getting pushed to the side for Tom Brady, who we don't know if he's going to be any good. But we know Greg Olson is. At least I think he's great. Um, I will say this, though. And I think you're probably on the opposite side as me because that's usually the way it is. But... I still don't. I don't think Tony Romo's that bad. And I actually thought he was pretty good in the Super Bowl. Um, but I, I'll tell you, all the lead color analysts, all of them, yeah. Aikman, Collinsworth, Romo, Olson. If you read just comments from people that are like commenting live during games, like if you're on the Athletic and you're on like a live thread during a game or something like that, and you're watching what everybody is saying, um, they hate them all. Oh, they, they heard her. All the Herb worst Street, of all time. Herb Street gets the more hate mail than anybody out there. Mm. I mean, that guy had to actually leave his house and move to another state because he could he couldn't take it anymore. Um, he's I don't right know here in the, my hometown. Yeah, I don't, not my hometown. Ex- but he's right here in Nashville. Right, with me. right, right. I I don't understand how Tony Romo went from great to just horrible, unlistenable. Um, Is that the you way know, you feel about him? No, I don't me either. Yeah, I don't feel like that way at all. He doesn't look. Announcers don't bother me one way or the other, okay? Even if it's with my Arizona Wildcats who happen uh, in March Madness and you have the national announcers who maybe have not seen their games as much as me, it doesn't bother me. I'm wrapped up into the game. I'm so wrapped up into the game, I don't have time to point out their mistakes or anything like that. And and I've said this before, play-by-play announcers and color commentators, I'm not tuning into the game to listen to them. There's not I can't remember any game that I wouldn't tune into and say, oh, I guess I'm not watching it now because Tony Romo's uh, the analyst, so I guess I'm going to miss the game. That That's never happened. Yeah. Never. I, 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 I'm, I'm different in that if there is a certain crew calling a game that I wasn't as interested in, I'm more likely to watch if it's a crew I like. I do see it from that perspective. There are broadcasters that I like better than others. There are teams I think the chemistry is better. I don't know that Nance and Romo have great chemistry. There's sometimes they kind of don't mix particularly well. And I will agree that the first season of Romo is different than now just because when it was that new and it felt like he was calling out every single play before the fact, it was just unique and we hadn't seen it before. And now he's – all right, so so one of the critiques is now he just kind of – does a bunch of words out and he starts screaming and yelling in terms of just, oh, he loves this and it's football and all this. I don't necessarily think he's that positive. I mean, you want to give that criticism to somebody, give it to John Gruden back give it when to he Dick Vitale, that, football Give it to Dick Vitale doesn't scream and yell, he's a PTP-er, baby! I mean, and like one of the critiques on Romo in the Super Bowl, and I don't necessarily think this one was incorrect, is that he kind of stepped all over Nance's call at the end of that game. Like he didn't need to... 
interject for 20 or 25 seconds. Let Nance actually finish telling the story of Mahomes scoring right there and that being the Super Bowl as opposed to just kind of not being able to restrain himself. But that's just who Tony Romo is. Is that a big deal? Is that a big deal? Apparently it was to a lot of people. It didn't bother me that much, but I could at least understand that critique. I don't understand the he's unlistenable thing. Like, I just... I don't get it. Are there people I like better than Romo at the job at this stage? Yes. I like Olsen better. I like Todd Blackledge better. There are people that I like better, but I don't think Tony Romo is – it's subjective, of course, but well, I don't think he's bad at the job. What I never really understood is – and this is not a knock against Tony uh, Romo. God bless him for getting what you can. I never understood why you go, well, let's give him about $18 million a, a year, year. Yeah. to call some football games. No, no. Well, there was kind of an explosion at that point. That's when Herb Street and Al Michaels got their big deal, and you saw Buck and Eggman move from Fox to ESPN and ABC to take over Monday Night Football, and you had the money being thrown at the Mannings to do the Manning cast. Like It was almost like a trend. It was like the draft where all of a sudden a bunch of tight ends start going in your fantasy draft, right, and right, you immediately right. snake one two rounds before you probably should have, and you end up bogarting you're screwing up your team for the rest of the year um it's kind of similar it just felt like we got to go get our guy it's like not really I, I don't know that you really had to i think that i don't know why you would feel the need to replace romo unless right. there was some like dramatic issue with him and nance i did see the suggestion of putting him in the studio because they're probably going to let a couple of these analysts go because all their contracts are about to come up and maybe you put him in the studio environment where he can just be more emotional and all of that kind of thing. But I, I don't know. And, and if Olsen is unhappy and Olsen wants to be top dog and you want to pair him number one on CBS, I could see that. I could. But I don't think Romo needs to be replaced. He's probably my second favorite analyst. No, he doesn't of, of need to be replaced. the NFL guys on no. CBS, Charles Davis being no, my first. No, he, he's not unlistenable like people want to make it out to be. That Who just was doesn't it? make sense. Which former coach uh, said that he wants to vomit every time he hears Tony Romo? So. Um, was that Charlie Weiss? Is that who said that? Oh, well, uh, yeah, I mean, perhaps. It, it, yeah, I didn't know that, but that's it's just taking it too far on that. No, he doesn't. Uh, maybe there's a few things you want him to clean up. So be it. But again, I even enjoy his telecast. So I, I don't know what everybody's making a big stink about. I, I, I don't let that bother I mean, me. It I'm seems so like energy. I mean, it just seems like he's he's kind of a kid in terms of like his energy. Like there's just he loves the game. And he gets excited about it in the moment. Like, I'd much rather hear Tony Romo than Tony Dungy. I love Tony oh, Dungy amen to, to death, that. But Tony yeah. Dungy puts you to sleep. Absolutely. Because that's just his demeanor. Does. And it's not right. even because, hey, I actually think that Tony, Ro- or Tony Dungy is showing all the emotion he has. Like, I think he's super, I think he loves football and he's super into it. He's just not a. He's not a dynamic communicator. You like Greg Olson, though. You think he's Yeah, I good. think Greg Olson's phenomenal. I like him. He's got a dry sense of humor, but I do like him. I think he's he's good. I'm curious to see what's going to end up with him next year, you know? Yeah, I mean, again, he's getting kind of pushed to the Is side. Is Tom Brady going to be good? I have no idea. I think that's a fair question to ask. I think there's I think a good chance be... he could be, but it's not. it's certainly no given. Well, he's got. Um, he better be given some real criticism when criticism Oh, I deserved. think he will. I definitely think he will. I don't think because there are a lot of people that would love to see him fail. I don't. I don't, I don't consider myself one of those at all. I hope he's great. I, right. I want to see. I want his insight to be every bit as good as it could be yeah. based on his football IQ and how much time he spent around the game and the minutia and the details and all of that kind of stuff. 
I think that Fox never thought Greg Olson was going to be that good. Right, and that they could replace him. And now they've got a problem because of that. Because moving Olson to the B crew, while that's still a good spot to be in, exactly, Olson absolutely belongs with a number one team somewhere. And I bet you the first guy that knows that is Greg Olson at this point, as does his agent. And the the difference I think in money is something like seven million a year. Well, how do you, you know he's not going to stink? Mil to three mil. How do you know he's not going to stink next year? I mean, like everybody's uh, Greg Olson. Everybody made a big stink about Tony Romo going down in a year. How, how, how come you can't say the same thing about Greg Olson? Well, I guess it has to do with the fact that a lot of what people liked about Tony Romo in the first year, at least the right. ones that have kind of fallen off with him, a lot of what they liked was kind of gimmicky. It wasn't as much just the the moment to moment announcing prowess or analysis it was the nostradamus stuff well what do you want the snap what do you want from your color analyst what do you want jason as you're listening to the to i want the game? a good voice i want you to be able to to really tell me what is happening not just i mean uh, the play-by-play guy we know what the play-by-play guy does well what does the color guy do well he adds color to the broadcast he adds the nuts and bolts, the details, the things that the layperson wouldn't necessarily see in the moment. He's the one that has the perfect spotter next to him to say, hey, no, actually, this is the guy that was probably offside. Say that before we even see the replay so it looks like you knew it beforehand. Like the guy that can look at the field and understand things and they can pick up on things by going to practice during the week. You don't want any animation. Bring those things to the well, that's animation fine. to what animation to what extent? I don't want that to be the only thing you bring to the table. I mean, the greatest. He wasn't probably the greatest at breaking down every play that we ever saw, but the guy that had the greatest animation ever was Madden. Yeah, of course. And you I mean, loved and, him, and, and, of course, and that's what you yes. get from Tony Romo and people getting upset about it. Yeah, I mean, it was the personality of it. I also think. I don't know why this is, because he's not really ever done anything to make you dislike him. I just think a lot of people were polarized with Tony Romo because he's a Cowboys quarterback. Right. And I think that that played into it, too. I think that also plays into it a little bit with Aikman. I think there are a lot of people that love to hate on Cowboys players, especially when they're in the booth and especially when they were quarterbacks. And Romo, a lot of people always wanted to talk about what he was not on the field and how he was overrated and... All of this kind of stuff. Even he never really did anything wrong. He never said anything wrong. Um, but I think that's part of it too. I think there's just there's something about Romo being a cowboy and the right, lack of success right. that he found in the playoffs and all this. But I just I I just didn't understand it. I, I didn't understand it. Don't understand why there is now so much critique over Tony Romo when I think that I, I just. What do you when you said what do you want a color guy? I think that's the question to ask all these people because I don't think they have an answer. Right. I think they're right. just consistently going to want what they don't have. Well, I tell you what I want. I want Tom Brady when I when he's doing a game going, oh, watch this. He's known for throwing interceptions in the fourth. Watch him choke this one. Boom interception. Of course, he'll never give us something like that. But you better be darn right honest and and tell us how yeah that's why this guy's never going to lead this team to the playoffs or or something to that i, yeah, I mean i agree i want with harshness like, i want harshness. well it's not even about i don't need him to be johnny miller you know i just need him to be real and the problem and, and now that he's passed his career like is he going to get blackballed by organizations at this point no i mean he's not coming back so it didn't matter but the thing that the the one color guy that i could not stand in the nfl was john gruden 
And the reason why is because everything he saw was the greatest thing he'd right, ever seen. Right, right, right. Every quarterback I was love the that greatest quarterback, quarterback I've I ever. love yeah. that quarterback. That, that is what had to go. Like, right, exactly. That drove me insane. I want you to tell me what's happening, positive and negative. I want you to... Let me in on what you're observing. I don't need you to blow smoke because you're trying to get back into the Oh, league. he was the king of blowing smoke. Oh, the it king was, of it. To me, it was unlistenable. Right. It drove me I give you that. Batty. Yes. And I don't think Roma, I like, for instance, like, Roma's excitable, but Roma will come out and criticize some things that are happening. And he did it during this postseason. And I actually thought he did very well in the Super Bowl. I enjoyed that broadcast. I thought they enjoy, did a nice job, and I thought Romo had a good night personally. Apparently, I was the, in the minority, but I liked like it. The, like the Manning cast, do you enjoy something like that, or what? It's not for me. Like, I'll tune into it, and I love Peyton and Eli's banter as much as the next guy. I kind of just want to watch the game. Right. So when that. they're breaking down the X's and O's, it's phenomenal. Like when they're letting you in and you see the mind of both of those two guys and they're talking about what they're seeing and they're talking about the quarterbacks and the receivers and all these things and the nuance of the game is great. When they bring on the guest, I'm out. I just don't care. If something is newsworthy that gets said during that time frame, I can see it later because it's going to be plastered all over the website and all over everywhere else. I just want to watch Joe and Troy call the game. I want to watch the football game because that's why I'm there. That's like the, Mark like, Wahlberg. Show stuff is just who, not not important to me. Who wouldn't even talk while he was on the show? He was watching the game, you know. Yeah, it, right, exactly. And I think that's real, and that's fine. Like, I like that they cared enough in that moment. But when they're breaking down the game, it's it's awesome. The problem right, is, I a lot of the time they're not, and so you just kind of have to pick and choose. And for me, it's just I just stick with the main broadcast for the most part, and I'll catch up on a highlight or two or something like that on the website after the fact. You can catch up anything, by the way, by uh, searching Fox Sports Radio in your podcast feed. Wherever you get your podcast, you can catch any part of this show that you may have missed. Um, or if you got to leave early, we understand. We don't love it, but we understand. And you can catch up on the stuff that maybe we did after you tune out as well. If you want to save some money, how about Discover? At the end of your first year, Discover credit cards automatically double all the cash back you've earned. That's right. Everything you've earned is doubled seriously. See terms. Check it out for yourself at discover.com slash match. Well, it's All-Star Weekend in the NBA. We talked a little bit. We haven't mentioned the Warriors-Lakers thing at all. No, not at all. But maybe we'll do that afterwards. We'll do that after the break, as a matter of fact. The, the bombshell that some organization placed a phone call <laughs> to another organization. Is this that big a deal? We'll discuss. It is. Spanier and Martin here on Fox Sports Radio. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. 
Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms, 21 plus only. Virginia only, new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Welcome back in Fox Sports Saturday here on Fox Sports Radio, live from the TireRack.com studios. He's Arnie Spanier. I'm Jason Martin. He's at Stinkin' Genius 1. I'm at JMAR Radio. If you're on X, you can find us there. Mul Nirvana bringing us back. LeBron to the Warriors. Yeah. Arnie, what was your take on this? Like, I, I maybe I'm naive, but when I saw a lot of people writing, I, I saw Zach Lowe, for instance, who I really like at ESPN, say this is just a un, unprecedented, incredible that this phone call would have been placed. I just maybe I'm crazy. I just assume that a lot of phone calls are placed by a lot of executives about big time things that we never find out about. We found out about this one, but was it like that much of a shocker? That somebody might have called the Lakers just to make sure, just I don't to think be told was, no? Like, what's I, wrong with making the phone call? I don't think it was that much of a shocker. What was shocking to me is that it, it felt like it got to the point that there was some seriousness in it where, you know, you have, like, uh, owners and presidents and GMs. And it felt like there was some pretty important people um, in that meeting. You know what I mean? And, of course, you know, two of the people... Uh, one in for the Lakers and one for the Warriors. Actually, we, we all went to high school together. So, Jeannie and Steve Kerr. So, yeah. maybe you felt that there was maybe there's a comfort level there also um, in that situation. So, that's the part that was surprising to me is that it felt like it was a really strong rumor and they were trying to make this thing work out. I mean, maybe they were just friendly enough and they were talking about it, But, I mean, you had... I guess you had Lakeup call Bus, and Bus was just like, "Yeah, you need to talk to Clutch. You need to talk to Rich Paul." So they call Rich Paul, and then of course Rich Paul pretty much said, "LeBron's not going anywhere. He's not interested in being traded," and that was the end of that. Um, I, I guess it, it's not that I thought it was nothing at all. It just right. kind of it didn't seem like this seismic change the way it was written about. Maybe there just wasn't that much to talk about this week, right? And so a lot of people overdid it. Or I understand LeBron's gonna generate eyeballs and so you write something about lebron i mean i read it but i just had it happened what do you how big a deal would it have been if it had happened uh, pretty what big would, what pretty would they big. Have, right it would have been a big thing media wise but what would they right. have to give up and yes. how would that have affected the team and would lebron been able and steph curry able to go ahead and propel them um, up the ranks there. They weren't going to win a championship even with Steph Curry and LeBron. So forget about that. That's probably why they didn't make the deal anyway because it, it wasn't going to make much of a difference anyway. Maybe they climb a few spots. 
But I doubt they even catch Sacramento, even if they made the trade for LeBron. Yeah, I mean, I think you're probably right. I think that, I mean, it would have been a short-term attempt, but it, it, it doesn't seem like that would have been enough. And yes, it appears as if the Warriors have kind of looked ahead. Right. They're looking towards like a Kaminga future. And a couple of these young guys that they probably would have had to get rid of with some picks in order to make this happen in the first place, probably not to win a championship. Yeah, it would have been fun to watch, but I don't know that you wager the future for something that would have to – this thing would have to happen immediately well, in terms of them winning, and it just – I don't think there would have been enough either. I, I think, don't, of, think about the yeah. ages here. Um, you know, how many more years does Steph Curry have around? You know, right. he's not going to go through a whole rebuilding process there. What would they have done with Clay Thompson? I think Clay would have loved to have gone to the Lakers if, if he sure. was part of the trade out there. And maybe this trade was made as much for Steve Kerr if it was going to happen. How many more years is Kerr going to be the head coach of Golden State? I could see him wanting to step on down. After maybe one more year or so. Well, it depends, so. right? It depends on how difficult it is. It's a lot easier to stick around when you're winning. Like right, if, of course. Absolutely, I mean, yeah. Andy Reid could coach for another decade if they keep winning. And that's probably why he might, because I don't necessarily think that's going to change anytime soon. But if the Warriors are going through a difficult rebuild, yeah, you right. can see Steve Kerr walking away. It's the same thing with McVay, right? Like McVeigh, there's always the talk of McVeigh stepping away. He's so young, he could come back. Does he want to be part of a rebuild? Well, the Rams kind of got there ahead of schedule. He's really smart, but they also drafted Puka Nakua. And now they have this offense that, that's doing really, really well. They found a little bit at the running back position. Stafford looks re-energized. They look like they could be good again next year. So now he shut down those rumors really fast. If they were 4-12... and 12, that would be a different discussion. So I think that the Steve Kerr point is right um, if they are struggling. And I don't know that it would be – I wouldn't put a lot of the blame on and, him, but eventually there is going to have to be some kind of a massive rebuild. And I think that he already knows, as do they, some of the guys they already have in-house are going to be key to that rebuild. Now, and, the one thing LeBron, I did find interesting was Draymond did right. give his blessing, apparently. Of course. He wanted to get LeBron idea. up there. By the way, and LeBron wants to play with his son, and that's probably best uh, right. achieved with the Los Angeles Lakers, not the Golden State Warriors. Do you like the idea of drafting Bronny just to keep LeBron? I don't like the idea, but it may have to be done. I mean, why can't you go ahead and sign him in free agency then? Why can't you do something like that? Yeah, I mean, if you leave him undrafted, could you then just invite him to camp and sign him? You could, but then I don't think that has the same, you know, uh, type. Well, of... is the point? Um, but I, so, so you symbolically draft him, even though yes. LeBron knows he's not good enough, really. Yeah, or do you, you think LeBron's to. so blinded by the fact that it's his? Son I think he's partly blinded. I think he's partly blinded. I think he, you know, the way he was acting in some of those high school games, and I actually thought LeBron. Or, excuse me, Brody was so much better than he's shown in his first year at USC. Now, I don't know how much of that is from his condition or anything like that. I don't think anything, but he, I I expected a lot more this year out of If he stayed four years, how good do you think he could be at the end of four years? Maybe 10 points a game, maybe. That's rough. And I don't mean in the NBA. I mean in college. If he stayed at USC for four years, right. you think he'd yeah. be averaging 10 as a senior? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're horrible. So he has no year. business being in the NBA. No. What is he averaging now? Like five game, five a game or something? Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm saying like, yes, but there's a lot of freshmen that then, at least back in the day when guys stuck around, 
right. um, you would see kind of growth in, in guys that maybe they didn't have it at first and then they turned into and blossomed. I don't know. Junior, maybe he gets, gets so much better where he's a, a really a legitimate draft pick, but he's not now. Um, you know, no, absolutely For the not. season, uh, you know, you had uh, people or publications saying, oh, he's a, a lottery pick and stuff like that. What a bunch of baloney that was, you know? Yeah, sure. No, I, I I agree with you. I was just I was just curious. We don't see guys stick around four years for the most part. There's a few schools where it happens. I mean, you got what Zach Eady at Purdue, and some right. of the guys at Gonzaga used to stick around for a while. But most of the time, you don't see it happen. Maybe you're going to see it more in the NIL era because there's going to be an incentive to stay, as opposed to going, especially if you're a college player where you're kind of borderline, but you're a solid college basketball player do you want to get exposed quickly or later on if you're making big money in college right probably want to stick around in college the college money i never thought nil money would be this lucrative i didn't see this coming at all i thought they were going to get their money and get a little bit of it but nothing like this It's, it's absolutely insane i think dan patrick said earlier this week and he's right that it was either him or maybe it was coward it may have been coward um that one thing about Caitlin Clark, and this goes to this point we're talking about college basketball, one thing that helps Caitlin Clark tremendously in terms of her marketability is her longevity. It's not like she came around six weeks ago. She's somebody we've known about now for a couple of years. Right. We knew how good she was last year, and she's unfortunately unlike, you know, Peckers that had to, they got hurt, and or Bukers they got hurt, and then she's going to stick around again next year. But she hadn't been the same since the injury. She's just dealt with a lot. Caitlin Clark, we knew she was great last year. She made headlines last year, and so this year she came back in with that equity. That's that's the difference in college basketball. With all due respect to Torres, it's not the same because you can't get invested in one and done. You just can't. It's not the same. From night to night, I have no idea who's on the floor for a lot of the top ten teams in the country. If I'm Caitlin Clark, I may stick around one more year at Iowa. You're going to be a legend. You're already a legend, but they might build a statue of you while you're still playing there. Right. I guess stay there next year. Kind of depends on who's going to have that pick and where you want to go out there. But she doesn't. She's she could go graduate or whatever it takes, or go get a master's or whatever she has to do. I would wouldn't be so quick to say that she has to. Hey man, she does whatever she wants. She's got. Earned, she's earned the right, and she is good enough to make whatever decision she thinks is going to make her happiest. Because barring injury, she's going to have the opportunity to do that other thing, step up whenever she wants. She could do it today. She could have done it a month ago, or she could do it a year from now. Like she's it, the world is her oyster. Absolutely. I mean, as it, it you should just be. have to worry about injuries, but you get insurance for stuff like that. That's right. All right, yeah. one more time. Let's go out and uh, get a final update from Steve DeSager. Eventually, that uh, USC Colorado game did come to an end. Yes, it did. Double overtime and USC loses again. So, Bronny James averaging about 20 minutes a game, got 14 minutes off the bench and scored two points for a team with a 10-16 and 16 record. And the late game on FS1 with under two minutes left at UNLV. Rebels lead 62-61 against Nevada. By the way, you mentioned NIL in college basketball. The commissioner of the NBA in meeting the media at All-Star Weekend talked about now that NIL exists, maybe we don't need to have a G League elite team that we started for people yeah, who I heard, didn't saw that. That's yeah. the Inspire. Is that the Inspire? Is that what that's called? 
the elite team. I heard. I that think that is a, the name of the team. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Yeah. At All Star Saturday night, things started with the skills challenge won by Team Pacers in Indianapolis. The three point contest was taken by Damian Lillard of the Bucks, last year's winner. Then the Steph versus Sabrina three point challenge went to Steph Curry, twenty nine points to twenty six over Sabrina Ionescu of the WNBA. And the defending champ of the slam dunk contest won it again tonight. Mac McClung. He had a perfect fifty on the final dunk of the evening. He plays for the G League Magic. The All-Star Game is Sunday night in Indianapolis. The Basketball Hall of Fame's finalists include Chauncey Billups and Vince Carter, who was eligible for the first time. That was announced yesterday at All-Star Weekend. We'll find out the class of 2024 at the Final Four, April 6th. Programming note, the Daytona 500 is scheduled for tomorrow on Fox TV, but rain is expected there all day on Sunday. Today's Xfinity Series opener at Daytona was postponed to Monday morning. It looks like the golf in L.A. will beat the rain and be able to finish tomorrow. Patrick Cantley out of UCLA leads by two strokes. His lead was five after the second round. Tiger Woods withdrew yesterday due to illness. He's the host of this tournament. Woods shot a one over 72 in the first round Thursday, tying for 49th place. He had back problems this week again also. Woods was making his first start in an official PGA Tour event since he withdrew from the Masters 10 months ago and had ankle surgery. In college hoops... The Arizona Wildcats are winners. winners again, ladies and gentlemen. Fifth ranked, 20 and Get five. out of our way. Beat Arizona State to a pulp, 105 to 60 tonight. Oh. Wins in the top 10 for Houston and North Carolina. Wins for Tennessee, Duke, and Iowa State. Eighth ranked Tennessee beat Vanderbilt, 88 to 53. Vols were up 35 to 8 in the first half. Yeah. Sixth ranked Kansas was down six at Oklahoma early second half, but did win 67 57. Hunter Dickinson of the Jayhawks with 16 rebounds. Oklahoma ranked 25th in the AP poll this week, but six and seven in conference now. The number one team looks it. UConn has won 14 straight conference games after losing its conference opener. Connecticut at home beat up number four Marquette on Fox TV today, 81 to 53. UConn's 28 point margin of victory, the largest in an AP top five matchup in conference in the history of the poll. Coming up Tuesday night on FS1, Connecticut at Creighton, 17th ranked Creighton on Fox today, was down a point at the half, but still won 79 57 at Butler. South Carolina was ranked 11th in the country. It led LSU by 16 points early in the second half, but the LSU Tigers came back for a win, 64-63. Kentucky impressively won at number 13 Auburn, 70-59. Kentucky led 11-2 early for Auburn. This was their first home loss of the season. Illinois won its game on Fox at Maryland, 85-80. Former Maryland coach Lefty Drizel passed away at the age of 92. Mm. Oklahoma State with a losing record beat 19th ranked BYU 93-83 BYU 6 and 6 in its new conference Iowa got a late layup in overtime to edge 20th ranked Wisconsin 88-86 Virginia over Wake Forest 49-47 Virginia on free throws 1 for 11 they made their last one they did have 13 block shots Ranked 21st, Virginia wins by two. And Southern Illinois beat number 23-ranked Indiana State, 74-69. Yes, no Larry Bird in that game. Way to go, Salukis. The NHL outdoor game in New Jersey went to the Devils 6-3 over Philadelphia. 
It was Florida 9-2 winners at Tampa Bay. Toronto won 9-2 over Anaheim. Austin Matthews, his sixth hat trick already this season. The late game to Carolina, 3-1 at Vegas. Earlier overtime wins for Edmonton and for L.A. Back to you. Hey, hey Jason, why don't you just... Uh, why Wouldn't it be great if somebody like took lighter fluid lit the basketball on fire, then dunked it. Now that's a dunk. How about something like that? <laughs> I mean, that would be creative, aren't There it? you go. Let's really uh, step haven't it up Haven't seen a that. Bit. There you go. We haven't there seen everything. Go. We have seen go. fire in a dunk contest, though. Through the hoof, through the, uh, the circle, right? No, I mean, in an actual dunk contest. We really? saw somebody blow out a candle. Oh, that's oh, right. That's on right. the rim. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm thinking of like skills challenge. Didn't they let the circle yeah, yeah, on fire? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember the, uh, maybe the Suns gorilla? Oh, yeah. That's what we did. Mascot yeah. dunk contest. That's what I said earlier. Get yes. the, with, the, with the trampoline and everything. Get yeah, do the whole like, slam ball, basically. Yeah. Back in the day, you had Buzz. You had the Hornet out there. The Phoenix gorilla. Mm. I, miss, I miss NBA mascots. <laughs> that used to be a thing. I don't know if it's still a thing. Well, the When's the last time is, you've seen any like highlights of them? You're right. Well, the chicken is still around, right? The chicken's still around. The San Diego chicken? <laughs> yeah. Which was not an NBA mascot. But no, that, that's very he's much every, a baseball. He's an everything thing, mascot now, isn't he? He was. My favorite story is that he was originally, of course, the mascot for a local radio station, KGB-FM. And so on his chest were the letters KGB, and then a touring Soviet hockey team came to play in San Diego. <laughs> and the Russian team looked up in the mascot. <laughs> There's somebody in a chicken outfit wearing KGB. <laughs> they actually thought that there was some sort of secret police. Oh, oh my I love goodness. that. That is, I have not heard that story, but that might top the list. Oh, I love That's that. That's good stuff. <laughs> Stanford Tree, I think, is usually the one that yeah. has the non mascot the mascot. Yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. That's right. Um, because Tiger Woods was mentioned in that update, I talked about it a lot uh, this morning, but had to pull out because of illness. The two yeah, biggest stories coming out of the Genesis Invitational, Arnie, was Tiger Woods having to pull out due to due to illness. Right. And Jordan Spieth signing the card incorrectly and being DQ'd. Yeah. I don't know how that happens. I don't know how that It has happened goes a few on. times, but it is crazy. Um, Tiger might be done, Arnie. Well, obviously, I understand the illness, the illness right. can happen to anybody, but he also right. had back spasms in the first round, and some suggested that it looked like he was still having back issues in the second round. Now, his friend said that wasn't the case, but I'm not worried about the illness. The illness can happen to anybody. I was sick last week, but the back spasm still being a thing, and just the fact that he's 48 years old, it just it kind of just feels like. The cards are up. Like, are we going to see Tiger when he's like 65, no. 70 years old? No, no, like walking like he's Earl Campbell. I mean, Earl Campbell's in a wheelchair uh, and has been so banged up. Is Tiger Woods going to be using like a cane and stuff to walk because of his back situation? I don't know, but it's Because I didn't know possible. it was that bad. I, I didn't know. Look, I knew he was injured, but man, I didn't know that it was like this debilitating for him, you know? I'm not saying this with any kind of joy. It just, it just kind of feels like we're done here. We could it, be. We could. Uh, it's unfortunate because I, I do love watching Tiger. Of course. And maybe he puts it all together for a, a you know, four day tournament, but it doesn't look that way right now. No, it doesn't. And, and of course, it takes a big sting out of that tournament, not to have him playing, both for the the gallery and for anybody that was going to watch it on television. Despite what Patrick Cantlay and some of these guys are doing, there's some outstanding golfers out there, but the star power took a big hit. Not yeah, just with Tiger, wanna, but yeah. Spieth too. If Tiger's you know in the uh, on the leaderboard, 
you're tuning in. You want to see what he's going to do, no matter what tournament it is. That's exactly right. We'll come back. We'll put the finishing touches uh, on this edition of the program. I don't think – well, you know what? Do you have a gambling pick on East-West? Uh, I can give you one. I have, I've got a side. <laughs> drum, drum that up during the break. We, yeah. we will wait with bated breath. Uh, for that one. But yeah, we'll finish it off. Also, Victor Wimbignana said something really interesting that should make every Spurs fan extremely excited about their future with Wemby. We'll talk about that when we come back. It is Spanier and Martin here on Fox Sports Radio. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms, 21 plus only. Virginia only, new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Welcome back in Jason Martin, Arnie Spanier here at Fox Sports Radio, live from the TireRack.com studios. We had a fun one here tonight, as quick we usually show. do. Yeah, you and Plank, show. you and Plank tomorrow, or well, I guess yeah, today. Actually, Plank is coming today up after us. He's filling in. Oh, he's filling in for Bernie. I did it last That's night. He's right. going to do it tonight. That's right. Is he doing the whole kit and caboodle? Is he doing the whole... Um, Four hours, I think it is. No, he's only going to do three hours, and then we're going to have dead air. The four. What, what do you mean he's going to do the whole? Of course, he's going to do the whole four hours. I didn't know. Come on. I mean, if it was you for four hours or dead air plus yeah. you for three hours, I, I mean, think we'd probably it, it, know how that would air go. For sure, of course, I know that. <sighs> what kind of question for the whole four hours? Of course, it's for the whole four hours. That's the shift. Okay, so here's what Victor Wimbignana said. Uh, so the Rising Stars game, uh, it was uh, Benedict Matherin of the Pacers. He was a former um, Arizona Wildcat. Arizona Wildcat. That's who right. Out in the uh, NCAA tournament. That's right. Well, he's a good pro. That's for sure. So he was asked. Wimby was asked after the after the contest on Friday night if he can look ahead to what the Spurs can become after the rebuild. Um. And Pop 
Popovich is famous for talking about you just can't skip steps and all these kinds of things. Right. So, Wimbanyana, this quote, and I'm telling you, the first two sentences here should be on T-shirts and sold in San Antonio from <laughs> now until the end of Wimbanyana's career. This is epic stuff. I have no idea if it's his quote or not. Maybe it's not, but it's awesome. He says this. He goes, and remember his age and all this. He goes, I'm not skipping steps. I've been told never to skip steps my whole life, but it didn't stop me from running up the stairs. Of course it's something I want to be a part of in the future. For now, I'm just a student of this league. I don't really know how everything works, but of course it's something I want to be highly involved with in the future. I love that. That's a young guy with perspective. We know right. how good he is already. He had 27 and 26 in his last two games prior to the All-Star Average break. Average is 20 and 10, right? 20 and 10, yeah. yeah he's, 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 he's unreal. Three blocks um, over, three blocks a game, too. Yeah, he, he's everything that people said he was going to be in more. You hear future Hall of Famers for sure in the league already talking about it. he's a problem. He's a He is unreal. But he's talking about being a student of the league, learning this league. And he also says... Again, I've been told, just like Popovich says, never to skip steps. He's been told that his whole life, but it didn't stop me from running up the stairs. Meaning, I'm going to try and make this as fast as humanly possible. Doesn't mean right. we're going to go from, we're going to skip all of the growth process along the way, but I'm going to push this as fast and as far as we can because I don't want to be patient and sit there for the rebuild if we can get there faster. I love that. Yeah, no, I love I everything too. about that. I also kind of love that he's like one of the best, uh, you know, rookies to come along in a long time, but yet they're sitting at the bottom of the standings there with Popovich, the Hall of Fame coach. So, yeah, I what, do you, that what, was you tra- what are you basically saying there? I just, I'm just giving you the facts. It was going to be a rebuild because they had been they hadn't made the playoffs since 2018. Not at 11 and 44. I mean, that was embarrassing. I mean, they they were just embarrassing early on too. Uh, Popovich did not have them ready to play. So yeah, I don't understand. I mean, Popovich's greatness, but boy, once it got dry from a talent perspective, yeah. Once Kawhi left, man, that that team has not been worthy of talking about. In half a decade, <laughs> we talk about Belichick, right? Exactly. What's the difference? No, there, you're, that's an excellent point. Really, no difference at all. It's real easy to coach when you have Duncan and Robinson and and players like that, isn't it? And when by Yama, so um, you know, we'll see how long it takes him to get back up there. Well, I mean, at least he's got the guy now. But yeah, they're gonna have to make some moves around him. But you've got the guy to build around. And he's oh, got the right sure. attitude. Yep. That stuff is utterly tremendous. All right, so you and Plank tomorrow. Plank yep. for the next four hours. Look That's forward to right. listening to him. Enjoy the rest of your weekend, especially you if it's too. a long one because of the holiday. Appreciate all you guys. That's it for us here on Fox Sports Radio. Oh, man, I thought we were done. We still well, have you, time. I didn't do my, yeah, you still had time. But take the under 364 in the All-Star in game. Now I'm going to let it count me down and just keep talking right through the end of this. Watch this, folks. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste, the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. 
Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Anne Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Only in theaters this Friday. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes Film.com to get tickets now. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds, it was shocking. I have to know what were they thinking? Backroom deals, huge amounts of money, CIA secrets, sets off a firestorm in Washington, affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN.